This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to episode number two of Sign the Traders for the Traders US, but episode number four recap for the Traders US season two. I'm your host, Katie. I am here, as always, with my wonderful co-host, Javier, and we are joined with a very special guest, the man himself, Isaiah, the number one Dan Stan. How are you guys today? I'm good. How are you guys? Very excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> We're excited to have you. Uh, this is a great episode for you to be here for. I feel like there was a lot of mess this episode, Isaiah. And I know you love mess. So you're the natural first guest for this podcast, this version of this podcast. You you guys made a good choice because um <laughs> I was like, if you're gonna have me here, have me here early, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm engaged. And yep. I'm engaged. It's uh it's a good cat. I might actually watch. When my favors get out, still we're gonna have to see. But uh, I'm you gotta stay with it. I'm great. It's great. Good, Javier. How are you this week? I'm doing good. Um, I really enjoyed the episode. Um, I'm starting to get excited again. You know, after I watched it, I was so like on ten. Like 
after I watched oh, yeah. the episode on Friday, I was ready to just, I had so many thoughts. And now as I'm reading through my notes and I'm thinking again about the episode, I'm like, wait, this was episode has so many good things to talk about. So I'm excited to get into it. I know I rewatched today before we podcast as it, you know, I watch it normally on my own first and then I watch it again and I take notes and you're right. Like it just like refreshed me. Plus I've been on like, I've just been mainlining the traders this weekend. I binged all of traders uh, AU season two, which really was oh. a ride. And of course the UK is also on, which I'm keeping up with. So I'm just like, I have traders on the brain. So I'm just excited to talk oh. about it. I've, I wanted to talk traders all weekend. So I'm, I'm glad we're here. Please excuse my congested voice. I have a cold, but I could not miss this discussion. Um, should we just jump into the episode? Anything you want to cover off on at the top? Or, you know, I have some stuff for us at the end because not only was the episode a little messy, but social media has been a little messy too. So I want to talk about some of that stuff with you guys too while I have you. Mess. All right, let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's jump right. I'm literally pulling up a picture of the cast while you do this. So I'm okay. dead. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, so we open episode four. We left off last week with, uh, you know, not knowing who Parvati was going to murder last week with murder in plain sight. She was having some trouble trying to give that rusty old cup, as she said like five times, to everybody in the room and the suspense. But she found her mark. It was Ek and Sue. Rest in peace, Ek and Sue. This was a, a little bit of a messy also handoff. Like Ekin was like, I'm going to find those traitors when I'm out of this house. And she's talking to Dan and Dan's just like, ha ha ha. And then he turns away as Parv gives her the drink and he doesn't even see her drink it. And they're hugging, they're giving each other pinky, like they're pinky swearing to each other. They're like, oh, I love you. Uh, what'd you guys think about this? Were you surprised it was Ek and Sue? Um, not really. I mean, I, I, if I am Parv and if the time is really as close as the show is trying to make it seem like it was, I'm giving it to anybody at that point because everyone's got to die at some point anyway, right? right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there was a right or wrong choice here. Um, I know Phaedra might say a little different um, later on, but uh, no, I, I thought that anything, as long as someone dies, that's the objective. Who cares? You know, so mm -hmm. um, good job, Parvati. I was a little surprised at Ek and Sue, you know, it really seemed like a Hail Mary because, you know, she was running out of time. It was not someone they discussed at all. Um, but I mean, she had to do what she had to do. Um, yeah. It sucks that it's Ek and Sue especially for me because she's on my draft. Um, yeah. And right now my draft is looking really bad to anyone who wants the draft <laughs> episode. We were hyping up my draft, Katie, and look at it. I'm I down know. to one person. <laughs> I know. So, I can sue go, but Parv had to do what she had to do. She did. She did have to do what she had to do. And, you know, I know you guys aren't watching UK and I'm not going to spoil much about the UK, but the UK had this twist as well this week. So I kind of knew a little bit what to expect. But the way it plays out in this episode is so different from the UK. The UK was so focused on like this person gave me a drink and this person. Did, I saw this person give you wine and the whole episode was about it. And this episode, they barely mentioned it, which I think is so interesting. Really, the only person that honed in on it was Janelle. But it, I feel like Parvati really put on a show here too. So I'm just surprised. Like they show later on in the episode, Trishel is like staring at Ekin and watching her overact and be so like over the top. Dan is right there. No one sees this happen. And I'm just so surprised. Yeah, so, especially you know, when Dan didn't notice. That really shocked me. I was like, Dan, she is literally well, right next to you. You know what she's trying to do here. So right. that was that was shocking to me when because he said it in a confessional too. So I was even more like he actually really didn't know. So that was definitely um interesting to me to see. Yeah. I mean, really to be surprising. fair, also it's like I don't think about stuff like that. Like the vote's over. 
uh, this is supposed to be the chill time. Like, I, if you're watching last season and nothing like this happened before, I'm not paying attention who's giving who drinks. I'm just chilling, you know? So um, I also don't blame, like, the faithfuls for, like, not knowing what direction to go in, you know? Like, how are you supposed to know that? So, uh, yeah. yeah. I know. I agree with you. And I also think this season is a little bit interesting because in every other past season of The Traders, I feel like a lot of the murder strategy – well, not every season, but many murders in a lot of the seasons of The Traders have been like people like Ekin who are not connected to other people or seemingly random or like a John. But everybody this season is like, why would you murder Ekin? That's so stupid. Why would you think about murdering John? It makes no sense. And it's just so interesting that like the gamers are just thinking about it in such a different way. Because I feel like an Ekin is almost a perfect murder because it doesn't really tie to anybody, I guess, except for Phaedra because mm-hmm. she voted for her. But I don't know. I thought this was a decent choice by Parvati. Agreed. Before we, yeah, before we get to breakfast, we have to say a few words for my guy, Deontay. We find out in a five-second blip from Alan that day after the day's events, Deontay has left the game. That's all we hear, and then no one mentions him for the rest of the episode. Our guy Deontay's gone. I am so sad because I, you know, we talked about it last week. I found Deontay to be such like a bright light on this show. Mm-hmm. He was fun. He had a great personality. He was funny. You know, he gave us like a sense of levity a little bit for the show. Everybody's like such gaming so hard. He was just fun to watch. So I'm really bummed out that he is no longer with us on the show. But he I guess he said, you know, it brought up some childhood trauma from his past and it had an impact on his mental health. So, you know, it hit him harder than he expected. So he's no longer here. He decided to leave the game. Pretty sad. Well, Shout out to Deontay. A lot of people were trying to come at him for that. I'm I know like, I saw that. I get it, but it's like, come on, yo. Like he like he understood how he was feeling and good thing that he did it now. Yeah. Later on in the game, you know? So like and you know it I don't know his trauma, I don't know his story, but you know, he left. It is what it is. I yeah, agree. I mean, I was sad to see Deontay go. I was yeah, like you said, Katie, we were I similar to you, like last week we were talking about how much we liked him and he was just he just seemed like a very kind-hearted person. Um, and I guess the game became too much to him, too much for him, um, I guess I should say. Um, and, you know, people leave these shows for different reasons. Right. Um, it is what it is, you know. It's, it's, it's a little unfortunate. I understand. I do understand a little bit of people who, you know, because if someone were to leave on, like, Big Brother or Survivor, like, I think on Survivor, this past season, people were leaving, and like Twitter was a blaze on in them. a row, yeah. <laughs> so... I do think that the fact that Deontay was also very likable also makes it hard, harder for me to really judge him for leaving the show. You know, he has his reasons for leaving. So like I said, everyone has a reason for leaving the show. It's sad to see him go. So, yeah, I support him. I mean, listen, he's not from this reality TV world. He doesn't probably really know what he's signing up for. He probably got a paycheck and was like, yeah, okay, that sounds fun. And then once he got in the game, it probably was really intense. So, you know, he's not used to that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's a boxer, but this is just totally different. So, um, you know, Wish him well, and I'm glad we at least got to know him a little bit because I really was unfamiliar with him before this. So I hope we get to see him on something more fun in the future that won't stress him out because he really does have a great personality. Agreed. To this day! <laughs> I know, and you introduced me to that. I had no idea that was him. So, um, All right, so we walk to breakfast. Dan and Phaedra first in, and neither one of them has any idea who's murdered. They don't know what to expect. They're like, do you know? And Phaedra's like, Lord, I have no idea. And then Parf comes in next. Um, and she's like, listen, I had to throw a Hail Mary. It was Ek and Sue. And Phaedra's already like, are you for real? Because I voted for her last night. Like, she just said, Lord, not Ek and Sue. Jesus, fan me, honey, not Ek and Sue. Um, she was not thrilled. She was not thrilled. 
Uh, but Dan, we get a confessional from Dan. He thinks it's a good thing because this is, you know, he could use it against Phaedra in the future. Do you guys agree? I know Isaiah agrees. I don't even Listen. need to ask. <laughs> Listen, I said this in the live chat last episode, and I was like, oh, he's going to get caught up. And look, he might, he still might get caught up. You know, it's so early. He might be gone next episode. I don't know. I'm, I'm enjoying the ride because this is the magic of Dan Giesling. And, you know, I'm going to be praising him this whole podcast, but he always starts from the bottom and works his way to the top. He's not a, a, a big group. Let's let's tell everybody what to do. Kind of guy. He always works from the shadows. And he's always big brother. 10. He was at the bottom off rip. Mm-hmm. Big brother. 14 at the bottom off rip. I'm seeing this right here. And we're going to be dissecting his moves this podcast, but I'm starting to see the vision. I'm seeing the vision. I don't know if it's going to work, but it could. All right, and I'm very happy. So, shout Dan. What do you think, yeah. Isaiah? I mean, Javier. Sorry. <laughs> no, all good. Um, no, I think it it really worked out great for Dan. Um, Dan did seem to be in a pretty precarious situation at the end of episode three, um, and I think this has bought him some time. Do I think that this is going to get him to the end? I really think we have to wait to wait and see. This to me, Dan is not. You know, like when I started the season, to me, Dan was going to be like the Suri in my brain, and I don't think he as as in any of a good place as Suri was at this point in the game. So I do still think that Dan is still has to be fighting from the bottom to continue to do well in the show. And I hope he does. Cause I, I also am a big fan of Dan and he's probably the gamer who I'm like rooting the most for in the whole show. Um, but it will be interesting to see him maneuver out of this. Like Isaiah said, he has the, he has maneuvered his way to the end in big brother 10 and big brother 14. So he he's known for this. So I'm excited to see if he can continue to do this. And I think this move, um, really mostly benefits him. I don't really think it benefits Parv at the end of the day. I think this move only really benefits Dan, so it's good for him. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, last week we were not super high on Dan's position um, just because obviously he was going off alone a lot. He had suspicion on him a lot. Um, the housewives were on to him and MJ, who's Bravo, but not a housewife. And, you know, what I thought was the most interesting thing, and, and we'll get to it a little bit, but like it, at the breakfast, a lot of people were thinking it was MJ that was going to be murdered. And that seemed like it was like the given choice to murder, which I just think is so interesting because like Marcus called out Dan, got murdered, you know, MJ voted for Dan and then everyone was expecting her to get murdered. But it seemed like that was just going to be a natural thing and it wouldn't have gotten pinned on Dan. So I feel like there's a lot that we're not really seeing, too, in terms of like what's maybe some of the players are doing or some of the conversations they're having, because it just it does feel like at the vote the night before, a lot of the heat was on Dan. And then this episode, the literal next day, not so much heat on Dan. So what did we miss? I don't know, but this I'm is the happy greatness to see it. of Dan. I'm telling you, I just you, wish listen, we saw it, though, you know, listen, like we, there's no you, answer. You did see it. You did see it. I'm telling you. Ready? In Big Brother 10, him and Brian were seen as the biggest threats. Brian got out. Dan was supposed to be next. What he does is he kills all his threat level off rip, and he's always going to be at the bottom. Every He sits but by himself. But he didn't himself. do that this week. Well, he has to. Yeah, he did because everyone saw him by himself and everything like that. Everyone's still confused where he's supposed to be. He doesn't say much. He said off, of the, off rip in that circle. I don't say much unless I have something important to say. You got to stay consistent because if he just switches up, people are going to be like, oh, that's suspicious. Now you're trying to catch up. He said that he's going to do something. And also, I, I, I know a lot of people want to compare him to Suri. I love Suri. Suri was very dominant. But to be fair, yeah. Dan didn't come in here with the half of the cast being yeah. her friend. His friend I agree. Um, and the other no, half no being s- people off the street that have never seen a reality and, TV show you know before. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it, 
you know what I'm saying? But uh, like I said, he could be out next week. But I'm just I'm saying this is I, I, I get the confusion, but he does this every single time and it just works. People forget about him because he lets everyone else make an ass out of themselves. I'm telling you right now, I don't know if it's going to work. I can see him leaving next week. But I'm I'm jumping ahead of myself. Go ahead, Katie. This was my yeah, podcast. No, 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 right. no. It's all good. And I I think you know what I'm not being critical of Dan necessarily. I'm being critical. I think of the edit because I just want to yeah. see more of why sure. people aren't so hot on Dan right now because his name kind of came up from Larsa, but for the rest of the episode, yeah. we don't hear Dan's name as a, as a suspect. But last week, his name was on everybody's mouth. So I just am curious what happened what changed did he do something everybody else made an ass out of themselves. yeah like is it that if it's so. that then it makes sense i just you yeah. know i i just feel like we're not seeing everything we could be seeing so it's more of an That's edit valid. criticism and not a dan criticism here right. um but our trader chat does get cut short bergy comes in janelle then trishelle and ct and that's where they're all talking about how they think it's mj um you know, I think there's a lot of notice now being taken that men are being killed, but all the Bravo women are still here. CT is like, I want one of the housewives to go. Interestingly, it's funny because Dan is responsible for getting rid of almost all of the men except for Max, who was, you know, well, Deontay took himself out of the game and Max was Deontay's, you know, layup at the round table. So it's not even like the Bravo women are necessarily doing it. It's like these are Dan's kills, but that's okay. Um, Janelle breaks down the sides for us. So she tells us there's the Bravo click. The Bravo clicks are the people are sticking together. And there's a faithful click. It's all the obvious faithfuls. It's like Peter. Kevin is a dumb faithful. John. Um, and then the gamer click. So this is like kind of important throughout the rest of the episode. And I'm going to assume at least throughout the next few episodes, if not the rest of the season. Do you guys feel like Janelle's, um, you know, ass assessment of the cast and how they're breaking down is correct? Do you feel like that's she had a good read? Uh, somewhat. I, I think that even though she's not a gamer, she's actually kind of with the gamers. Um, just because I think she's Janelle? supposed to be with. Yeah, she's not really you don't a, think gamer. She's a gamer. No, not a good one. But like you know, mm. she just belongs with that collective of people. I mean, you mean like she's, a strategist, Isaiah. Like she's not. Like, she's horrible. I yeah, mean, she, she straight out said that like, oh, everyone I trust, those those are all the traitors, and she doesn't even know that. Like, oh, I trust uh, Dan and Phaedra and uh, Parv. Like, those are 100% my people. Like, Janelle has a track record she, of just being a horrible player, but she's great television. Like, like I'm going to be honest. Like, we all knew this was going to well, happen. She's a, comp, she's a comp beast, and that has helped her a lot. She was a comp beast, for sure. You yeah. Know? You know, like, she's out of her prime, but she's still great TV. She's messy. That, that, yeah. that's the reason why we still want to see janelle she's not she's never been really good at anything else other than being just iconic and, and i'm okay with that I, if she was a traitor here i would have been pissed because she would have been a horrible traitor i think she's the perfect faithful because she's going to be messy even if it's at the detriment of the other faithfuls and i'm okay with that that's what she's here for uh yeah sorry i'm a chatter bro I, I that's talk. okay no that's what we we here. Want to hear, Isaiah. yeah we want to hear it what um, do you think javier I don't know. I think I'm going to give Janelle a bit more credit. I do think Janelle has a good read on the house. Um, and I think it's really early on in the game to really start looking at Parv and start looking at Dan for her. You know, by 
you know, not to start an argument with Isaiah, but by using Isaiah's logic, we would say that Sandra's a bad player because Sandra's also working with the gamers. But I just think it's because it's really early on in the game and that's who you know. So, you know, that's who you're going to work with. So I think it's too early to say that Janelle in this game is going to be bad because I do think this is a good early on read. Um, so that's my take on Janelle. I think it's just too early to say is she bad at the at this particular game. I do agree with Isaiah. She has proven to not be the best social gamer. Um, but you know, I think this was a really good read, and I hope that you know over time she will be able to see that Parv and Dan are a little suspicious. Well, yeah, I, I, th- I think the difference is that Sandra is working with these people for now, but she's never saying that I'm trusting these people. She straight up said, I trust Phaedra. I want to protect her. And I trust Dan and Parvati and Sandra. Three out of four of those people are all traitors. So it's like, you know, Sandra is going to work with you because there's a voting system. And right now the meta of this season is kind of changing traitors because there's voting yeah. blocks, which is weird. Yeah. But um that I, I don't think she actually trusts these people. It's just convenient for her. Janelle actually trusts these people. And I feel like she's the perfect person to get snowed for a certain amount of time. Um, well, I have a note yeah. about this, actually, that I want to talk about a little bit towards the end. Because Tamara has started a podcast and Janelle was her first co-host. I think she's going to be on it again this week. I just saw on Twitter. Um, and they had a lot to actually say about this. So I want to I want to pause it because Janelle did seem to say that she knew who the traitors were at this time and was purposely not voting for them because they were protecting her. So whether or not you believe her, I don't know, but I want to talk about that a little bit once we like break down some of the social media stuff because there was a lot on that podcast I I would like to chat about because they gave um, a lot of information, uh, maybe too much in my opinion. Um, Let's see. Okay. Uh, Larsa does say my inner circle is being targeted my whole my entire inner circle is being targeted i'm close with johnny i'm close with max she doesn't mention marcus but obviously she's close with marcus did we know that she was close with johnny and max because i didn't know i didn't know that was her inner circle me neither that kind of took me see this is what i mean i feel like there's stuff like give us behind the scenes episodes or like stuff you didn't see like the challenge used to do the shit you didn't see episodes like give us that (laughs) yeah live feeds i know give us something um (laughs) and then in walks ekin and the traders are shocked. And I want to know, like, is no one seeing their reaction to Ekin walking in? Because she's not the last person that came in. So I don't know if they're doing, like, tricky camera work or something here. But Parv is shocked. Sand- uh, Phaedra is shocked. And Dan is shocked. They're all shocked to see her. Uh, did you guys notice this? Did you think anybody else would notice? But I-, I thought they did a really bad job here kind of covering their surprise. I put I mean, it in my notes as well. I was like, they were so gagged that I can see walking in. I was like, y'all need to chill a little bit. Y'all should be happy. Not like what they look very like, what the fuck is going on? As opposed to, oh my God, it's Ekin Sue. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess no one else really noticed it in the um, breakfast. I don't know how much of it is editing or not. You That's know? what I so, mean. It did yeah. seem like, I mean, Ekin was not the last one. MJ came in right after her, and then John came in at the end. They thought John was actually the one murdered, um, but it wasn't. The other thing is, like, Alan very clearly, or the note that they got very clearly said it was a slow-acting poison, and I just feel like the reading comprehension skills. This happened in the UK, too, for this for this uh, twist. Everybody was shocked, and I, I guess, obviously, that's the point, but it, the letter did say slow-acting poison. I do want to say that. Um, mm. But then here comes John, and then here comes Alan. No one's murdered. He gives us like a little poem. I didn't write down the poem um, or just like, you know, the show that he put on. But he he lets everybody know someone got murdered in plain sight and they've been poisoned. One of you will die and they're still at the table. But by the end of today's mission, they will be dead. Um, 
and this is where I wanted to say, you know, the UK immediately, and Peter did say it, like something happened. Did anybody eat or drink anything? The whole episode of the UK was people talking about the drinks. Um, this came and went very quickly. The only thing with the drinks this episode was Janelle really saying, you know, like Larsa did a toast. Um, did you, were you guys surprised that no one was focused more on this? I was very surprised. Um, I mean, it felt like more than just them were, were talking about the drink. I think there was a, a good segment of people trying to figure out who had what. Um, but I, I think the big thing was they were kind of taking everything in consideration because mm -hmm. there's also food and everything. Um, like I said, this isn't anything anyone really like thought of. Like, yeah, I'm chilling. I'm drinking with people. I'm gonna be like, oh, is it drinks? Is it poison? Did they do it at breakfast? When did they do this? Like, I don't know when yeah. they did this. I'm I'm not thinking or looking for these things. I'm not going to. I don't remember what I just had a, a couple minutes ago, you know, like uh, so. uh I, I don't, again, I don't blame people. I also wouldn't even think much of them. I'm going to be like, did someone like put something, you know, what if it's something that they have to slip in someone's drink? Or yeah. something? I mean, that mm. controversial, Optics. but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. 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 No, I mean, I feel like a few people did talk about it and I guess I didn't see the UK version. So I, it's hard for me to say like how much they focused on it. I felt like they yeah. put a decent amount of energy towards it. Um, I even wrote in my notes at one point, Peter asking, was anyone given a drink? So it does seem like a few people were talking about it. Um, but I also kind of agree with Isaiah in the sense that you don't know if it was the food or if it was right. the drink or you don't know exactly how these people were poisoned. So it's kind of hard for, I don't know. I feel like it would be hard for me to be just so focused on just the drink aspect of it if I didn't necessarily know that it was a drink. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of yeah. why I think they gave it some good attention. Um, but since you watched the UK, how, if you want to just give a quick little comparison. The whole yeah. they, only thing they focused on was who gave someone, who was serving drinks, who served someone a drink, who gave some, oh, this person gave me a drink. If I die, it's this person. They gave me a drink. It was like the whole thing was focused oh on the drinks. So maybe I'm clouded because I was, you know, I, um, I saw the UK just like the day before and it was just like, or that same day or something. And it was like totally drink focused. So, um, I was surprised that they didn't pick up on like, oh, they had this moment, par painted her a drink. I just thought someone, that room was totally packed. I just thought someone would have clocked it. But, you know, whatever. It makes for good TV that they didn't. It was valid. Yeah. Um, we do get after breakfast, we have, well, before that, uh, Kevin says, Tamara poisoned you because you don't want to see me eat. Uh, Tamara poisoned me because she doesn't want to see me eat. And we learned that Kevin eats with his mouth completely open, which is just totally wild. And Tamara was like, do your kids eat with their mouths open? And Tamara, you can tell, just hates this man. Like, apparently everybody hates this man. He's just very annoying to them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought this was a really funny moment. So I wanted to I wanted to make sure we talked about it. I feel like, again, since I watched Blink Empire, watching this show is this is literally how they would treat Kevin on Blink Empire, by the oh way. Oh my God, poor Kevin. Like, <laughs> Kevin is always treated as like the dumb, like, like kind of meathead caricature and to see him be like kind of reduced to this in this show too i, I felt kind of bad for him yeah and, you know, i guess we'll get to the round table a little bit later where he actually finally starts speaking up which i was happy about to see that side of kevin to see that he does have some social strategy aspect to him um but yeah it was very um very reminiscent of blink empire if you watch Blink empire of how like all the other women would treat kevin on that show too um i never watched bling empire but he definitely felt like airhead uh just from what i was seeing mm. uh but people like him are so dangerous because yeah. it's like 
this guy is so obviously a faithful that like you're gonna trick yourself to be like, wait, is he really a faithful? Like I'm thinking of like Christian from last season. He was so bad. Yeah. Everyone was like, this guy's obviously a traitor, but is he just dumb? Like maybe right. he's not a and for a while they left they, they left him alone until he did that horrible move of exposing himself. But yeah, people like Kevin are so dangerous in this game because of just like how like bubbly they are, man. Like you, I just don't know how I would even like operate around someone like that, you know? So um yeah, like like this guy, I think he's gonna make be great this season just because of how like ditzy he is. I think it's hilarious. Uh, to me, Kevin seems like if I'm a traitor the perfect well he's getting votes at the round table which is weird because i would never assume that he's a traitor but you know i think i guess you don't really know but if i'm a traitor and you see someone like that who's so obviously a faithful they're like the perfect murder fodder like they're eventually people are going to be like he's not a traitor whatever he's just dumb and they're going to leave him and then he's going to make it close to the end like he's the person that you can really you know just like easily murder and it won't tie back to you so i would mm-hmm. be nervous if i were kevin but you know he's getting votes so maybe he, maybe he is worth something for the traders we'll see um but i just thought this was funny there's another moment where he was like i was eating all the food so i'm definitely poisoned <laughs> and like this guy's just he's just a mess um but tamra i just want to say he got a little eating montage which i thought was he really did. funny. Just that was really <laughs> funny <laughs> like, this, is, was this is what funny. kevin's mark is on this show is him eating like come on I know. I like we need a little comedic relief. That's why I love Deontay so much. Like, I'm glad that we have it because like we need a little bit of it. Um, but Tamara even says, like, after breakfast, she's like, I Kevin's on my radar, but I just don't know if it's because I just like hate him or if like he really is a traitor. Like, I just can't tell if he's just annoys me or like if he's really suspicious. So that's I think that's pretty funny too. I would I I co-sign. I wouldn't that would that would be me. I'm yeah. like like, well, how am I supposed to operate around this? I, right. I listen, I get it. I get it. Yeah, totally. Um, but Larsa brings a crew together right after breakfast. She's like, we got to get the alpha males out. Like, it's obviously an alpha, someone super powerful, and they just realize they don't need anybody else and they could just do it all on their own, which this is such a bad read. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know where she's coming from. I don't know where she pulled this from. What did you guys think about this? Because this just made no sense to me. Everybody was screaming Vlars' praises last week, and I'm like, cool. Like, I get it. But I was like, it's just a matter of time until she says something blasphemous. I'm telling you right now, what her, her she wanted just to target all the guys until, like, boom. That was her thought. And, like, okay, cool. Like, I get it. We A lot of people want all women alliances and all that. Unfortunately, this isn't a vote-out show like that. Every man for themselves. Um, but it's like, how wrong could a read be? Because you're like, Yes, a guy is a traitor, right? You guys did correctly call Dan last week. But there's two out of three of these people are women, and you're actually actively working with one. You can't just like be like, oh, we just need to keep Bravo people together and get everyone else out of here. Like that's basically what they're gonna do. It's gonna be like you, you know, Gunwell of Larsa has the option. It would be all the guys and then any non-Bravo girls. And then the Bravo people. Like, I you know. actually disagree. Only because in the really? beginning, she said Johnny Bananas and Max were her inner circle. She was there with mm. her boyfriend, Marcus. Like, I don't... And I don't know if you guys watched the post-mortem show, but, like, Phaedra and Larsa have never met each other before. This was their first time meeting. Like, I really, mm. truly don't... And we'll talk about it, obviously, at the roundtable. But I just don't think these Bravo people came in with the mindset Bravo is going to stick together until they were kind of pushed in the corner a little bit to be together. So I kind of just think, I mean, they're just not strategic in that, in that same way. I think maybe naturally they stuck together because yeah. they're 
they have shared experiences, but like you see at the round table, they didn't all vote together. But yeah. the men are leaving because Dan is murdering them. Three men are well, gone because Dan, two men are gone because Dan murdered them. I, and Deontay took himself out of the game. I don't think they're like strategizing with each other because none of these people have ever done something like this before. But I do think they all have like some sort of understanding like, look, we're all from Real Housewives. Like you see them always together. They're always walking around like an entourage. So they're probably like, all right, well, as long as you're not voting one of us, because as you can see with Phaedra and all of them, they're ready to like argue with each other. I know how these people work. So they're like, I want to smoke with the X, Y, and Z person. Just don't say each other's names and we're all good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but, um, it's, it's one of those agreements that are like a thing without being spoken, in, in my opinion, if, uh, if that's a good example. What do you think, Javier? Yeah, no, I, I I kind of agree with Isaiah in the sense that I do feel like, you know, even though they're not all gamers, you know, you when you enter these shows, you do have kind of an affinity for people who share some yeah. kind of background with you. And in this case, it's the fact that they're all housewives. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily okay. Do I think Larsa is a great strategist? No, no. <laughs> but I do think these in these type of shows, you do have to you have to find a reason to want to work with someone if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think coming from the same show is a reason to want to work with someone. And I feel like we've, we, we've seen it on other shows. Like if you watch, for example, like the challenge, that's the best example that I can think of yeah. right now, the survivor people, the big brother people, the challenge vets, they all stick together. It just is a way to play these games. So if, if we consider those people, good game players, then I have to give Galarsa some credit for wanting to stick with the people she has some kind of connection with. Um, but I also don't think it's the, she's not the smartest in the toolbox to say that a man is a traitor. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like that's, I don't think that's a, a very great read. Um, but I do understand why she wants to work with the housewives. That makes sense to me. So I'm gonna give her credit for that part. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I just don't think that she has in mind, like, let's get all the men out of the house. And I only want to be with my housewives girls. Like, I don't, I don't think sure. that's where she's coming from, especially because she had Marcus in the house and she, I mean, again, like she said, she, her inner circle somehow was bananas and max. So I don't know, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it all plays out. Right. Yeah. Um, the gamers are chatting, trying to figure out who gave someone something. Tristrell says someone offered her wine, but she doesn't remember who she was also there, you know, watching Ekin and her you know, feeling suspicious because of her overacting. And there's a lot of suspicion here that comes on Ekin just because of her overreactions um, and just kind of like over the top, you know, acting. Uh, I was surprised. I didn't think there would be a lot of suspicion on Ekin. She seems like very, um, you know, faithful coded to me. But what were you guys surprised to to see that there was suspicion on her? Uh, Yeah, but I feel like the same excuse that I use for Kevin can be applied to her. It's just yeah. like, like maybe it's uh you, you we did see start seeing people saying like oh it's gotta be the people that like no one would suspect and no one's gonna suspect kevin no one's gonna suspect mm-hmm. again so that's probably like what they're thinking um but at this point you know there's not enough data to even like really develop an opinion at this so you know anyone's on uh on the table yeah i i agree i think i don't know i feel like going for ekin doesn't really make sense to me in the game move um and unfortunately, this feels like how Trish L is going to play this game. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what she did to Peppermint. She oh, thought yeah. that Peppermint was overacting when Peppermint was just being herself. And this is just who Ekansu is. And again, it's just, I don't know, just the way Trish L is playing this game and the way she's moving is just not how I like a player to play this game. You know, they find some dumb reason to go for somebody. 
Um, and that's how I feel like they're picking on Ekansu. And I think we're starting to see Janelle's caddy side come out this episode. Oh, yeah. She just <laughs> really wants to go for Ekansu for some reason. And I'm just not buying that Ekansu has given anything to make me suspicious of her being a traitor based on the edit. Um, so I just think this is Trishel. This is how she's going to keep playing the game. And I don't think this is the last time we're going to see Trishel say this person was did a little too much or they said, yeah. you know, I think that's how Trishel's playing this game. Um, so it's kind of annoying, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think the only thing that can be pointed to Ekin is what happened with the shield with Janelle. But I don't feel like that makes her a traitor. I feel like that just makes her a faithful going against another faithful faithful because I want the shield. Like, I really don't think a traitor is going to put themselves out there that much just to get a shield to like fool people. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. So, um, yeah, I was a little surprised to see everybody forming around Ekin as like the natural traitor here but there, there's a crew outside the same thing they all think uh ekin is a traitor they're playing croquet um and they're like yep she's doing too much she's shady i was shocked i didn't i really didn't think ekin's name was gonna be floating around like this which again what are we not seeing to, that makes everybody think she's so suspicious but i don't know her name's out maybe there maybe it's just not enough maybe that's it maybe well doesn't matter because she's slowly dying in front of them. They just don't know it yet. Um, Sandra is connecting with everyone. She's playing the game. I do want to give a quick shout out to Sandra here because she's like hugging MJ. You know, I think Sandra's playing an amazing faithful game here. Almost too good of a faithful game because then I wonder, is she going to get murdered soon? Um, I don't know how much further she's going to make it just because I feel like she is playing so well. Um, what do you guys think about Sandra's game here so far? You know, we see later in the episode too, she's like, I just want to be the housewife's best friend. Um, I want to be in their good graces. She's doing a lot. A lot of it's great. What do you guys what do you guys think? Um, if you ask me, Queen stays queen. You yeah. already know what the vibe is. We always you know, listen, Sandra is her um doing everything great. I I was shocked actually to see how solid she is as a faithful because I thought she was gonna be Better as like a, a trader, and I'm like, eh, I don't know, if she's gonna be good here. But um, foolish on me to completely forget how outspoken Sandra is. I think that is such a good quality to even have in a game like that. Um, and you know, I think just like you said about Janelle, we're gonna start seeing Sandra's caddy side start popping up, like we saw at the table. Um, but uh, that's okay. I think Sandra is in a very good spot. Um, her reads could be better. But, um, you know, I think uh, I, I like what I'm seeing from her. I think she's actually going to be one of the people to spearhead like one of the catches in the, in the yeah. future. Yeah, I think um, I think Sandra's playing a really great social game. Um, I think this is how you win the traders. You know, you really want everyone to kind of like you. Um, and then eventually you have to like um, you have to figure out who the traders are. And I think that's going to be the challenge for Sandra because she is in this gamers alliance and two out of the three traders are in the gamers alliance so i think for me if sandra can figure that out that's when i'll be like okay sandra's amazing at the traders as well but i think so far she's off to a pretty good start but also kind of like to say what you were saying katie that's actually kind of bad when you're not a trader to have such a good social game because then the traders are going to see you as a target to get out so i don't know how she's gonna basically i'm excited to see if she can maneuver this good social game while also not getting murdered by the traders i think that's going to be her biggest um obstacle in this game not necessarily being banished but getting murdered just because she's really getting in well with everyone and i can see dan and parv at one point saying like no we got to get sandra out of here unless sandra somehow yeah. gets to them first i think or sandra needs to yeah maybe i think sandra needs to 
make a move and make it soon and get a traitor out, spearhead something. Um, because otherwise, I think she's just going to get murdered before she has a chance. I mean, we saw and the traitors saw as well how influential she was on the Max vote along with Deontay. And I just feel like if you're a faithful, a clear faithful that has that much influence over the roundtable, you are at risk to go at any moment. So I just, you know, it could have been her last night if they didn't have that murder in plain sight you know um twist who knows but i just think if she can get a traitor out the next round table and either get recruited or you know i don't know that it's the best for her unless it like points to someone specifically that would murder her right after but i think i feel like she's got to do something because i think she's just gonna get she might get cut soonish um and i would hate to see that because I, I you know i love sandra um before we head to the mission, we do have Dan and Parv meeting in the kitchen, and they do discuss drawing suspicion on Phaedra because of the Ekin vote. Um, Dan is like, listen, I don't want to shoot first, but we have to give them some blood, and Phaedra's a good choice. She's the last one out of the three of them that's going to get found out. Um, and Dan tells us in a confessional he does not think he can win with Phaedra in the conclave, and he wants Parv to take the shot when the time is right. When the time is right is the key phrase of this statement in my opinion, and we could talk about it later, but um, I already know, Isaiah, you love this from Dan. I'm, Javier, what did you think about this? Because, Isaiah, I'm going to give you a chance, uh, but I want to hear what Javier has to say. Um, no, I think I think Dan is correct. Um, I don't think he's going to win as long as Phaedra's in the conclave. I think he needs to get her out eventually. Um, and actually, I think this episode kind of sets Dan up for that because now, by the end of this episode, you know, we'll, we'll get a little bit more when we get there, but I think more eyes are going to be on the housewives and based on who they banish and the fact that that person ends up not being a traitor, their eyes are still going to remain on the housewives. So I think if Dan can maneuver that and keep that momentum of like, guys, it's one of the housewives, it's one of the housewives, he can get um, Phaedra out. And I and I think that would be a good gameplay on his part because I do think Phaedra is going to be an obstacle for him in this game. Isaiah. Yeah, I'm, he's saying everything I wanted every other trader that flopped last season to say about Suri. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with playing your own game because I think Phaedra, um, unfortunately, is in the mindset that, like, group trader win. You know, that's honest. Unfortunately, I think Suri showed you that you cannot trust anyone too closely in this game. This is truly every man for themselves, and I think also Larson learned that this episode. But, um, you know, Dan – Again, is doing damn things, man. Like, f- listen, Parvati is so ready to play this game. She wants, she's excited, and I love it. I love how aggressive of a player Parvati is. Dan also sees that. He even said this. Some would say this is the female counterpart to me in the survival world. He gaslit her. He really yeah. gaslit Parvati to do something that honestly wasn't in her best interest. Um, we've seen him do this with Memphis over the years. Uh, he did this to Frank and Brittany and all of them. And he's doing it here again. Like, like he's really good at like dangling the keys in front of you and be like, I know you want to do this. Are you going to do it? And Parvati is salivating at the point where like, I want to do it. So, you know, I think it's great. Um, and this is the type of stuff that Dan is going to need to happen um, to get, to make the distance. Now the, the, this is why I keep saying, I don't know if he's going to get caught up soon. It's because poverty isn't dumb. You know what I'm saying? Like Dan is used to doing this to people who are very quick to make errors and very quick to trust him. We've heard him say that he's going to need to trust someone. And he trusts poverty. I don't think poverty is all the way in with Dan yet. I think that she's ready to, 
be cutthroat and get blood and just make people look stupid. But when she gets and dials it back after realizing the Phaedra blow up thing happened, I think she's going to be like, eh, Dan just got me to slip up. So he needs to be a little careful, but I'm, I'm a complete fan of this. This is exactly what he needs to be doing. This is a strength here, you know? Um, and we'll get to Phaedra when we get to Phaedra, but completely right read. Like, I'm like, if they don't get Phaedra out, Phaedra is going to completely dominate this game, and she doesn't even have to do anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, great all around here. I, I thought this was a fantastic move from Dan. Yeah, I think from Dan, I agree. This is what Dan needs to do. Parvati, little too hot and fast to just jump right on it. I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll obviously talk about the roundtable and what happens, but from Dan specifically... I mean, he recognizes that Phaedra is a huge threat in the game. I think Phaedra from the start was underestimated because she's a real housewife. But I think Phaedra, I like that she's not doing a lot. I think it was risky for Parv to be the one to take the cup and give it to everybody. I like that Phaedra sat back and didn't really participate because there's literally no heat that could get on her for that whatsoever. I think that was the right move for her in that case. And I think, you know, she's letting Dan lead in in the murders, but I think, you know, she's doing a great job socially to the point where, like, she is playing so under the radar, but her personality is out there enough where, you know, it's it's not like she's just floating along, right? And I think, obviously, Dan is very smart for seeing that. So I, I think this is really smart from Dan. From Parv, I don't know if this is the right decision for Parv. Uh, I think we could talk about it more as we get to the roundtable and maybe the turret after the roundtable, because I think it came back and bitter a little bit. And I have a feeling this is not going to be the, the last we hear about it. But before we talk about that, let's talk about the mission. Um, we have a fashionable, campy, goth funeral on our hands in the middle of the day. Um, the team needs to figure out the identity of the person who's been poisoned. Um, and they're going to do that by answering a series of questions and clues to narrow down who is safe. And then the, the one, the three that are left over, um, this is a hard one to, to explain. I'm very bad with directions and explaining things, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> um, and th- whatever. So they'll get, they'll narrow it down to three and then they have to guess who the right one is. So each question that they answer correctly will eliminate a number of people, uh, safe people. They'll take them out. Um, I like this mission. This was actually fun to watch. I, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of missions, but this is one of my favorites. I always like the missions that have some kind of an element to do with the players um, and questions and trivia and stuff like that. So I, I really like this one. What did you think, guys think about this mission? Yeah, I, I really like this mission as well. Um, I, I, they're very dramatic, like the all black horses and everything. I was like, okay, drama. Um, but no, I really like the challenge similar to you, similar to last week's challenge where, you know, you're asking questions about the players. This is what makes these challenges um important and i think so far this season i've liked every challenge which is shocking to say because in the us one and in canada one i maybe liked like two challenges in each of those so so far they're doing a really good job with the challenges um and yeah i really enjoyed this one uh fun fact i usually skip every challenge because i get so bored um but i saw the second best player of all time dr will on the trailer so obviously it's not for this challenge but yep. i thought it was for this challenge I'm oh like, so you oh, watched okay. it <laughs> yes i watched it um but no nah, it was cool i mean you know i i was i thought it was a little slow until we get to the the, the three people because a lot of the questions were very obvious you know yeah. i'm just like uh, you know but um i think honestly it's good that they showed that ekin was the uh ekin was the the target 
um, because of the interaction at breakfast. But if we didn't get that, I think that the show actually would have benefited from not showing us Mm. who got poisoned up until this point, because then I would have felt more incentive to watch the full challenge and try to figure out what the rest of the cast. Obviously, good they didn't because we got the little phaser thing that obviously pays off later. But um, editing-wise, I definitely, like, uh, I a little thing in me would have been like, oh, let me figure it out as a yeah. viewer so I feel like watching this. Because I really, I think the, the challenges, in my opinion, are, like, the low portion yeah. of the show. They take up a lot of time. And if I already know who it is, like, why do I care? Like, yeah. I'm going to just skip to the end, you know? So, um, but it, I mean, you know, I, I, it was theatrical. And I think Alan's uh, good at what he does. I, I, obviously, you guys are saying these other hosts are better than him. I, I don't have anything to compare. But he's doing his thing, you know? So shout out Alan Cummings. Yeah, this one, I actually, I have to say, I didn't mind Alan until the end where he walks back and forth between the caskets like five times. I'm like, okay, let's like speed it along a little bit here. But the questions and the walking and like the comments he was making, I, I actually enjoy. I thought Alan, this is one that like Alan is kind of made for. Um, but I actually like that idea, Isaiah. I think if they did, if they didn't show us who Parv ended up giving the glass to and then they did like a flashback yeah. afterward, that could have been interesting because they do that sometimes too with the murders. Like once we find out who actually got murdered, they flash back to the conversation in the turret. That would have been probably a lot more fun and kept us more invested. But I like this. I think the questions are fun. We also got a lot of really fun confessionals and just like player moments in this challenge, which I love. So um, yes. Peter and Janelle and Tamara had shields, so they immediately go into the carriage. So they're out. Um, first question says that the players that share the same birth year are safe. And this is where I think we get the mo most of our great moments here. Um, MJ is immediately like, mm -hmm. like she's not saying a word about what year she was born. She tells us that uh, her doctor doesn't know. Her husband definitely doesn't know how old she is. And she just yeah. like looks around and lets everybody else oh raise her hand. She doesn't say a thing. Um, so that I kind of love. She's like, no way I'm revealing this on camera. Well, um, I was cracking up at that too. That was so funny. Uh, we also got an iconic Sandra moment. Uh, yeah. I didn't think Larsa and I were the same age because she looks at least 10 to 12 years older than me, which <laughs> I mean, that was the fun probably one of the funniest moments of the episode if we didn't get like the back like five minutes of the round table and then like everything that happened with phaedra and poverty this would be one of my favorite moments of the episode i think yeah that was a, i agree that was cracking up i was like okay sandra with the shade that was some really good yeah. um she was she, she she ate that one that was really she funny. did she really did she really did um dan kevin sandra and larsa are all safe here they are not the poison players we move on to a choir singing who in the funeral march did Johnny Bananas trust the most? Which was just the most ridiculous song, which I thought was like so stupid. Um, yes. Answer is clear. It's Trishel and Yeah, I mean, that was so <laughs> ridiculous, but it was just so funny. Um, Trishel and CT are the obvious answers here. Um, and we get another great moment from CT where he says, honestly, this is the first time Bananas ever <laughs> saved me. First time he's ever done anything for me, which I loved because like banana sucks. Um, <laughs> And then the next question is who is on the red team? Um, this one's not as exciting. We learned that it was Bergie, John, Phaedra, and Sheree. In this, Parvati says she's method acting. But like, I don't know. To me, every time they cut to Parvati, she seems so over the top. And they're just saying this about Ekin. But she's just like, like she's actually in a funeral is how Parvati's acting. And I just like, if I'm not a traitor, and I'm a faithful and I'm just like looking around. I'd be like, why is this girl so serious? Like, this is I'm having fun. I'm not actually dead. Maybe I'm murdered. I don't know. But like, <laughs> have fun with it a little bit. But she's so serious all the time that I was just like, this has to be a little bit of a tell, right? 
Very. At that point, I believe, you know, um, but like yeah. I said, these people are more focused on, am I dead? They're not looking at everyone else. They're right. like, am I going to die? Like, you know, so I get it. I get it. But like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I feel like Parv looked way too shook. Like she, she looked like she was walking to her literal funeral. And I was like, yeah. girl, like breathe a little, you're going to look suspicious. But like Isaiah said, she is lucky that everyone else is just so focused on themselves that they're not really putting all eyes on her. Yeah. Yeah. I would have liked to see her do a little bit more of what Ekin was doing because Ekin was like, it's me. I know I'm dead. Like, you know, she's having fun with it, even though you know, at the end of the day it was her. But Parv was just, she was doing a little too much for me. Um, so we're left with MJ, Parvati, and Ekin. And everybody at this point thinks Ekin is the traitor and MJ was murdered. They are completely wrong. But it doesn't really, I mean, it matters, but, you know, they, at the end, what they have to do is all three of the leftover players have to get inside of a coffin, a casket, and lay there, a really dirty, old, janky looking coffin. And uh, all of the safe players have to go and put a black rose into the coffin that they think of the person who's been murdered. And every single person puts it into MJ's coffin. Because of this, they made zero dollars on this. Zero, zero out of 20,000 potential dollars mm -hmm. into the pot. They made nothing because they all guessed MJ. But as we know, and as everybody knew, it was Ekin. Um, and Ekin gets put into a grave with dirt. I don't even think she was. I don't think she was in there. I think no. they took her out before they put that in. But um, and, you know, Janelle was like, what just happened? And Sandra was like, we just we lost $20,000. <laughs> that's all Sandra cares about she she just cares about the money what did you guys think about this that was my favorite part of the whole episode yeah we just lost 20,000 <laughs> yeah, like, like everyone's like oh my god I can I, I don't care listen I told you Sandra's here for a yeah. check okay? yeah she don't mess with all that stuff she's here for the money so once that that's gone there's no reason for her to be here she's like mm -hmm. all right like let, let's tighten up now this is why I think she starts getting a little snappy uh for the yeah. rest of the episode but yeah, I, I loved it. That I love uh, Greedy Sandra. Me too. For me, what was interesting about this is I still feel like I don't I don't know if either of you can elucidate this, but why do you think they all voted MJ? Um, I don't know. MJ has not given me traitor vibes yet. So why do you guys all why do, do either of you have any inclinations as to why they went towards MJ? I feel like no. I would have voted Ekin Sue in that situation, honestly, over it, MJ. If it felt like to me it was like one um ct voted mj so everyone probably followed suit just to not get blood on their hands but two and it, it was a good uh comment they were like well if she isn't a traitor mj is the most vocal and they probably think it's dan or one of them so they're like all right well they're probably going to kill mj so like it, it must be her um but obviously since she didn't die i and i think we saw i forget the the bachelor guy's name peter yeah he, peter he literally said mj's a traitor i would think mj's a traitor too right after that i'm like if you're not dead because you were really calling people who i think is a traitor out if you're not dead then you might be the traitor because you're the most obvious person to kill if i was a traitor you know so um that actually almost kind of showed me where the house lies. That's probably why they also didn't vote Dan. They're like, Dan would probably vote out MJ, right? Uh, but like, he didn't. So maybe she's a traitor. I don't know. A lot of confusing stuff here. Um, but that was kind of yeah. my whole feeling about even at breakfast, like we talked about earlier. Like everybody was so convinced that MJ was dead 
So I'm like, okay, either everybody has to be completely convinced that Dan is the traitor and is making just the most obvious dumb traitor moves, killing everyone that votes for him or says his name. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I don't feel like we saw... Everybody says she's the most vocal and that the traitors are probably annoyed by how vocal she is. But I don't know. Unless you just all assume that Dan is the traitor and would immediately murder her, I don't know why everybody would be so you know, quick to believe that she would be dead because she voted for Dan. I mean, like, if you're a traitor that's not Dan, wouldn't you want to keep her in to put more heat on Dan and get him voted out if if Dan is really a faithful? I don't know why they I, were all so convinced. I, I think this this challenge and this whole twist in general unintentionally, like, uh, completely flipped the house on its head. Yeah, Because Ekin wasn't supposed to get the cup. But, like, I think it really changed a lot of perceptions of who the traitors are. I think it formed a lot of sides that weren't there beforehand. Like I I'm really putting a lot of stock in this, but I really think that the whole house flipped upside down because of Ekin going home. Because I think yeah the when when those people who everyone isn't thinking of of uh die, that that's gonna make me go crazy. I'm gonna be like, wait, Kevin died? Wait, Dan I mean uh I forget what the politician's yeah. name is. Oh John, and, yeah. John, and if those kind of people die, I'm gonna be like why did they die? Is it yeah. actually this person? You know, no housewife people are dead yet. What's going on here? You know, that's so, why I think people like that yeah. are the perfect murders. Like yeah. everybody, like Janelle said a couple of times, like, "Wow, okay, they killed Ekin or John. Like these people must be the dumbest traitor." I'm like, no, that's to me that's smart because they're not tied to anybody, and yeah. you could just chop them, and then no, every just sends everybody into a total tailspin because nobody has any evidence. They can't be tied to anybody. They're just a random kill. Like that's how I feel like normally when i watch the traders are usually just like oh yeah no one will ever care if we kill this person so like let's just do it and they'll have no idea i feel like t murdering an mj immediately ties it to dan so why would they murder mj and even dan said when he and poverty were strategizing like oh if we get mj like isn't that gonna tie it right to me like it just i don't know it just felt weird to me that everybody was so convinced it was gonna be mj i agree i mean Long story, long way to say I agree with you, Javier. But like, I I don't know why they all was were so convinced. I, again, I feel like we're we're not seeing enough, maybe, um, which was a criticism we had about Canada a little bit too, uh, last season. So, I don't know. I don't know. Shut up, Mike. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, Isaiah. Um. Anyway, so. Ekin is in the ground. Peter says nothing makes sense. You, you said it, Isaiah, other than MJ being a traitor. Ekin was a great shield. Agree. Uh, and the traitors are ruthless because they're willing to throw away 20K. They'll do anything, um, which is true. I mean, like, Phaedra is obvious and Dan are obviously not going to vote for Ekin. They know that she's the one that's murdered. That would just expose them completely. So, you know, they're going to have to do. And Phaedra says it too to us in a confessional. Like, I'm just going to have to go with the flow and not put any suspicion on myself. I have to I have to put it on MJ. Right. Um but everybody's buzzing after this. They're all so confused. Larsa comes back immediately saying it's a strong man or an alpha. And this is when Sandra tells us she's trying to be the housewife's best friend. She wants to be good with everyone. But Larsa's running the show for the housewives and she has a big mouth and she's getting under Sandra's skin, which I think we've learned throughout the comments that Sandra's been making this episode, which I love a Sandra when she's annoyed. Like that's like the best version yes. of Sandra to me. Um, so, you know, I'm, ha I'm always happy when we get that. She don't give a damn. Like, that's no. my favorite thing, bro. Okay. <laughs> I know. She's so funny. Um, Parvati tells Janelle, maybe it's Larsa. Um, she starts to sow some seeds of doubt against the housewives. And she says again, like, they perform every day on housewives. And we, we hear more of this later. And I think this really got under also Phaedra's skin. Um, 
But Janelle, this is where Janelle first mentions that Larson made the toast to Marcus at breakfast yesterday. She stood up. This could have been part of the poisoning. They said it happened in front of everybody, which, you know, it's a good read maybe from Janelle. It's not what happened, but like at least she's trying to think of something that could have been a poisoning. So I wasn't mad about this. Um, and then we get Janelle spreading the word to Sandra. But as this is happening, Larsa is also saying like, it's got to be an alpha male. And they all the ladies get together and they're like, let's go look at the wall. Let's go look at the wall. And Larsa's pointing out all the pictures and she's like, it's either him and she points to Dan or him and she points to CT. She thinks it's CT because he thinks he's such an alpha male. He could do it all on his own. He doesn't need anybody else. None of that makes any sense to me, but I'm curious what you, I know we talked a little bit about it earlier, but like, do you guys feel like CT would ever think I don't need anybody else in this game? I could just murder everybody on my own. Uh, look, I don't watch the challenge, so I'm not the best person to ask about that. But uh, I mean, I think Larsa here uh, is doing exactly what she was casted for, being messy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, good, Javier. You look, you watch the challenge, Javier. I don't, so Dude. you have a better idea than I do. So for, I definitely do not <laughs> think this is. You know, this is what I'm saying. Like earlier, like I do. I think Larsa is an amazing player. Definitely not. Like CT. If anything, if someone is from a gamer show, they know you need people in the house to work with. You're not going to target people who yeah. you know, like Bananas. Even if in the past, him and Bananas didn't have the best relationship, in the game, in this game, it's a completely new situation, so they're probably going to work together. So I think it's a terrible read from Larsa. I also think it's kind of dumb. You've been throwing heat on Dan for like two episodes. Right. This was the episode to continue the Dan heat. And honestly, I feel like she could have convinced enough people to vote Dan out if she would have stuck to Dan. Flipping to CT makes you look suspicious. Um, so this was just like the, for me, this was when I was like, okay, this is probably going to be the downfall for Larsa because she's yeah. literally picking someone who is, to me, pretty obviously a faithful. Um, and when she had the opportunity to just target Dan so gung-ho and she didn't, so... Just a terrible, terrible play by Larsa here. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it just makes no sense. I I don't even really understand what she's saying. Like, why would this person get rid of Ekin? Oh, because you don't need her. Like, I just it doesn't even make sense. Like, uh, nothing. It doesn't make sense. Just whatever she was saying doesn't make sense. And this is what I expected from Larsa. And that's why, like you guys said earlier, everybody last week was saying Larsa is impressive. I mean, I said the same thing. I was shocked that the first person that said Dan's name was Larsa Pippen. But there she was saying Dan's name. And she just happened to be right. This is some strategy that I can't get behind, and this is exactly what I expected from Larsa when you drafted her, Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that was I, I only cared about one person on my team, and, and you the got rest him. were vibes. Um, but real quick, before we even leave the Ekin thing, it's so funny. So I saw Johnny Bananas did a podcast. Did yeah. You? All right, so uh, I didn't well, see Johnny Bananas podcast. Okay, but wait, I just let's saw the talk tweet. about. I just see all right, the tweet. save right, it because right. I'm going to talk podcast stuff. We'll <laughs> we'll talk about it after then. Um, because there's a lot. There's just a lot of stuff out there yeah. this week. Got it, got it. Um, so Sandra is part of this conversation with the pointing, and she immediately sees Dan and I think Kevin in the hallway, and she's like, "Larsa." Sandra just flips into Sandra mode, and she's like, "Larsa's trying to get out the alpha male. She thinks it's you and CT. So I think let's let's do. We need to vote Larsa." And Sandra, I really feel like is who did the work to get Larsa out this episode is that she rallied the troops. She didn't like what she was hearing. And she's like, let's just get him. We got to go for Larsa. I loved seeing Sandra just turn on the game like this. I feel like she was just like, uh, and then just like, boom, turned into game mode. I loved it. Well, they're playing a different game. Um, this is yeah. the evolution of traders uh, strategy and then not in a good direction, but for me mm -hmm. as a consumer, I'm enjoying it. They're bringing in elements of big brother and survivor. Yeah where there's voting blocks now. We have the the 
competitive competition conglomerate of Big Brother, X Survivor, X Challenge over here. And then we got Bravo Housewives. I don't even want to say that because those votes were all over the place. And we'll talk about it. Because they were not a block. They were they made a, They might they, be. They, they, yeah. were, they were sticking up for each other. So they're over here. And then you got everyone else like uh bling empire government yeah. everybody that doesn't have like government is government of <laughs> john whatever his name is they're just sitting in the middle and Bergie, like what oh, the hell? Yeah, yeah. like those people are just like here for the taking so it's like bravo versus cbs and then everyone else in the middle and they're like do they forget they're on the traders? Like I know they're like voting someone to get eliminated. It's like no, like we need to find a traitor. It has nothing to do with who's threatening who. What if right. CT is actually like? Come on, like you know, listen to the evidence before choosing on who you guys are going to vote. Like let's be logical here. Right. Um, this is when faithfuls start to lose it because they're not thinking about the game anymore. They're getting petty. I love it. I'm here for it. I I have a few thoughts about this. Um, first of all, like, I don't love the rat gameplay, and this was really giving mm. rat gameplay from Sandra. Mm, okay. um, I love it. I love it. It it bodes well for games like Big Brother. We've seen it and and all in those type of voting out games like those, it works well. But unfortunately, you know, there is still a possibility that CT could be a sure. traitor. Yeah. And I feel like Sandra could have either held on to this information for a little bit longer, or maybe at the round table when she felt like someone she was working with was threatened. I just feel like it was premature for her to go right away and go spread this information. And luckily she has the numbers. Um, that's the other thing that I, th- I don't think the housewives realize that if you're playing this numbers game of groups, the gamers outnumber you. So you're always yeah. going to lose. And the gamers are gamers. So they're more likely to work together, even yeah. if they think that one of them is a traitor, at least until the point where they need to take each other out. So this is another reason why I don't think the housewives are going to be able to really outplay these gamers because they're and like katie said when we get to the voting they're just the housewives are ultimately always going to be playing their individual game because they don't know how to play this game in the way the gamers do so all this is to say i don't love rat gameplay but i like it because it's coming from sandra i guess (laughs) and i do think she could have held the information for a little bit longer but yeah i mean sandra turned into survivor sandra where they're heading to tribal council and she's trying to rally votes like that's what we saw she flipped it on and she even said like I'm loyal to CT. He's a gamer. I'm loyal to the gamers to a fault. So I'm not going to let this happen, basically. And I agree with you both. I think you're right. She should have waited at the roundtable to at least hear. I I think the thing is she heard Lars's evidence. She heard Lars is sitting at the table saying it's an alpha male. It's an alpha male. It's an alpha male. And like, maybe it is. She considers Dan an alpha male and she's right that it is Dan. Um, But she should have like you said, should have stayed on Dan and maybe could have gotten some votes against him. But to pick CT out of the air and then just say it's because he's an alpha male with no actual proof, it kind of doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I do think they could have let it play out a little bit, though, at the roundtable instead of all plotting together to vote um, one way. Because again, you're right, you're both right. At the end of the day, the goal is to get out the traders. But based on what we heard on some podcasts, maybe they know who the traders are already and they're just waiting and they're the traders are protecting them at this point, right? Dan, Janelle's not going anywhere. I don't think Sandra's going anywhere with Dan and Parvati in, you know, uh, in that traders turret. So maybe they're just playing the long game. And there's been a lot of conversation on social media before the podcast with Tamara and Janelle theorizing that Sandra and Janelle already knew who the traders were and were just playing the long game. 
Which, if that's the case, this is creating a meta that I hate and will make me not want to watch the show anymore. I just have to put that out there. But we could talk about it a little more later. I was going to say, also, in fairness to uh, uh, Sandra and Janelle, because he was like, oh, Bravo Girls, like, why are you guys voting in the conglomerate if you're not going to be in the majority? I think Janelle and Sandra also both presented themselves as, like, voting with them for, like, the entire yeah. day. So you saw Sandra was conjoined to their hip, and then Janelle yeah. was talking game with them. They were like, all right, we probably got the majority, all the girls sticking together, you know? So I see what they were thinking of. I That's why Lars was probably so confused and shocked at the roundtable. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. I agree. Yeah. Well, we get to the round table um, and Parvati says to us that her strategy tonight is to break up the housewives. She's going for Larsa. If there are four housewives in the house and at least one of them a traitor. And I actually, I mean, she didn't say this out loud to anybody else. She said it to us. But if this is something that's getting, you know, thrown around the house, I actually don't think this is good for Parvati because you could say the same thing about Big Brother and Survivor. Like odds are there's a Big Brother person. Odds are there's a Survivor person. Odds are one of that one of the two is also a traitor. If there's more than one person from a show, I, I don't think in any world. I know CT says later maybe the majority of the traitors are not strategic. That in casting and in planning the show, there's no way that you have a Dan, you have a Sandra, you have a Parvati, you have a Janelle, you have these big a CT, a Bananas, these big names, and not one of them is a traitor, but they're all housewives. Like they're experienced enough to know in television that that's not going to be the case. So I don't really love Parvati saying like you know, at least one has to be a housewife. It's like, okay, well, then we could use that same logic against Survivor and Big Brother, too, in my opinion. I'm telling so. you, next season, they're going to just have a bunch of people from the same show, all as the traders, and it's going to be different. They're going to keep changing it up. Yeah. Don't don't have any preconceived notion. People came in here as a viewer like, no way they make Dan a traitor. It's too obvious. Look at where we're at, you know? Well, so, I thought that last season about Suri, but once I saw Suri as a traitor, I knew anything was possible. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was I was not surprised to see Dan, but... Um, but this is why I, I've said, like, they should pick the traitors on the show, like, randomly. Like, Alan should go into yeah. a separate room and grab into, like, the little, like, the, the a machine and pick out three yeah, names, yeah. and that way no. there, you know, there's no way what to guess. I'm stuck with Kevin and Burgie and John? I don't want to watch that's that. Fate, but that's but fun. That's fate. And then they get voted right out now. and they have to record like and then the you, know, you see crazy right now, bro. I like this right now. Like, yo, no, but they, they but hate it's, each but, other. But do you want future seasons for people to think this way that you just, like the way you just said I no. say is how people are going to come into it. I don't right. like that. I feel like that. This is a case by case basis. Oh, because you like then it's fine. No, it's not even that. <laughs> even last season, it's a case like Serene. Interesting. But we saw that. Honestly, I we saw the same thing last season. We saw a survivor. We saw a big brother, and we saw a civilian. I don't think they're going to keep doing it. I really don't think they're going to keep doing it. And I, I think it's a case by case basis here. I think it's going to be different because if, if that was the case, wouldn't you think it would be Big Brother Survivor Challenge, not Big Brother Survivor Bravo? What no, because a Bravo is basically a civilian, you know, in this case. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it like be they're anything. following a similar formula, I think. Because, well, to be fair, they only pick Bravo, they only pick Dan and Phaedra. And then that's true. And they did recruit. That is true. Also, if we're going to be. That's true. You know, yeah. That's true. Ooh, um, so. Yeah, I saw the comments. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. We'll talk. We're gonna talk all social media, all stuff at the end because there, like I said, there's there's a lot happening here. So, um, Janelle kicks off the roundtable. She brings it immediately back to the eating or drinking, and she brings up the toast to Marcus. Which again, good read. If you know, it's something to go off of. It's something out of the ordinary that happened. If you're trying to figure out who was poisoned, sure. Um, we Janelle once again 
gets eaten up a little bit at the round table and has nothing to say. Last week, it was Ek and Sue. She had nothing to say. This week, it's Larsa. Janelle says she thinks the cheers was weird. And Larsa's like, you're telling me that's weird? A cheers? I think you're weird. I think how selfish you are is weird. And Janelle says, nothing. She just goes, ah. And she did the same thing last week when Ek and Sue called her selfish to her face. She said, nothing. I wanted more from Janelle here. Come on. Wake up. I just feel like she know, she when you tell someone the truth, there's just so much she can say. Like, it, I think she just knows yeah, you guys are right. Like, I guess she could have said, like, I am, I guess, and maybe yeah. not be as eaten up. But yeah, she kind of did am. get a little. Again, know? two weeks in a row, two two nights in a row. Mass from Janelle. Uh, but the heat's on Larsa. You know, everybody's kind of putting the heat on her. She flips it to share her alpha male theory. CT is the alpha male at the table. Uh, he's like, why is it got to be an alpha big dude? And she just says, because you take people out because you don't need them. He took Ekin out because you didn't need her. You could do it all on your own. Then she says, you're an actor. And I'm like, ah, well, then I'm going to classify CT as an actor. Yes, he's been in things, but like, that's not his profession as an actor. Well, Let's like I mean, not get probably, ahead of ourselves here. I don't think they even know who half of these people no, are. No, I'm yeah. sure they don't. I'm sure they don't. Yeah. I just thought that was funny. I'm like, oh, I'm giving him a little too much credit. And he actually says that. He's like, I think you're giving me a little too much credit personally. Um, but he says, you know, no evidence. This is just a hunch. CT doesn't get worked up here at all. Um, Kevin says that he doesn't like the alpha male theory. And MJ was like, well, if it were you, it would fit. And he was like, why would you like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you know, because you're intimidated by all these alpha males. And he comes back and says, why would you ever think I'm so insecure that I'd feel threatened by another man? And I was like, oh, OK, Kevin. Yeah, that was crazy. Like MJ yeah. really said, "You are afraid of these big men." And yes, I'm very. I was very happy to see Kevin stand Me up too. and talk. Like, why do why do you think I care about that? So I know I like that. Kevin for um, speaking up on that situation. Yes, I agree. And then he goes, "If I were a traitor, I'd get rid of you first. I find you highly annoying." And I was like, "This roundtable is like giving me everything I want." I see. Table. I know it was yes. a spicy one. It was a spicy one um tamra throws more heat on kevin says that he's overacting and this is where parvati says you know the performance aspect has been on my mind and who has the capability to perform actors and then she said and housewives as well and i didn't catch this on my first watch but on when i watched it i was taking notes she's like you guys are produced you get scripts and i was like no no no, ma'am these housewives do not get scripts like i yes they are produced no they definitely do not receive scripts and i don't love that from parvati because Girl, you're on reality TV as well. So, like, let's not look down from one level of reality TV to another level of reality TV. I don't love that. Just because you play a game and they live their lives, we don't have to be, you know, looking down on each other. I don't I don't like that. You make your living the same way, okay? I don't think that they had enough data to even have a conversation this episode because they were all so busy of trying to figure out who was poisoned instead of actually, like, who to vote out. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, this twist little... Kind of screwed them over a little bit, a little but bit. like, I listen. I don't care. I I love all like the shade that's being thrown out here. Oh, yeah. Um, I I feel like a couple of people's feet should have been thrown to the fire. Like if you're me, and I would look at like Tamara, who's been giving crap reads all season. I'm mm. like, like didn't you get like two people out or that like where you were completely wrong? But no, this is complete pettiness and um. Larsa, as much as she's eating people up, I think she actually like stands down for yeah. a majority of this as well. Once she sees like she's getting betrayed by like a lot of people, yeah. I think she was very confident at first when like people were backing her, and then she was like, "Oh wait a minute, I might be in trouble here." So, um, but you know, shout out to Larsa, she tried. 
you know, she wasn't yeah. right, but she tried. Yeah, I I mean, I agree with you. I feel like the names here, it's just like, well, you're an actor. Well, you're the they're not based basing anything on anything at this mm -hmm. round table. Um, and same thing with Parvati, who did some terrible method acting earlier, says the housewives have an ability to perform. And Phaedra's not here for this. She's activated. Yeah. Phaedra is now activated. And she says, don't come for the housewives. We are not a game. And then she says again, don't do the housewives thing, honey. Do not do that Parvati. And I, I just, oh, the chills it gave me. When Phaedra's activated, you don't want to be, you don't want to be on the receiving end of, of a Phaedra read. And Parvati, this is only the beginning for her. Um, but she even says, I don't know. The only people I've worked with are Sheree and Tamara, which is true. Uh, and she's like, I don't know them. We're just on the same network. We are not working together. You know, don't do that. We're not a game. Like, we just live our lives. We're not acting. We just live our lives. And then the votes. Alan cuts it off, the votes. I would have liked to watch this for another 20 minutes, so I'm a little bit upset yeah. Alan came in and cut us off. Um, but Phaedra's livid. She's livid. She tells us in the confessional she's livid. Yeah, I. this was when, like, I was really enjoying this episode, but when Parvati really threw this theory out, I like my jaw dropped guys and i was like so i was like oh my god this is gonna just open a completely different kind of worms in this game and it's gonna turn this game on his head amongst the traders now now the drama's gonna be amongst the traders now so i was super excited when she did that um i was like i need to see the turret now like forget all yeah. this but i don't even care who goes home take me yeah. to the turret because i need to see what these traders have to say to each other because i was just so excited um but just to quickly go off of what you guys are saying i do agree i feel like they're going off of really dumb reasons this whole acting thing is just not it's not a way to target people in this show. And and honestly, you know who is an actor? Kevin. Kevin's actually an actor, guys, on Bling Empire. So if anyone asks, Well, that's what they're that's why they, he got some votes, right? Because they're saying he's an actor. Yeah. Which, so. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know. Um, is he? Does he act? Is he an actor? Well, I'm gonna call him more of a model who might have dabbled in okay. like oh acting gig here and there, okay. you know, like it, like a Law and Order SVU gig, oh, <laughs> like okay. a Listen. dead body on SVU. Oh, a dead body. Well, that's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that uh, Parvati was was had a fantastic move here. I, I'm, you know, I understand why Phaedra feels the way she does. We'll talk about it later. She's not a gamer and all that, but um, I thought Parvati played this fantastic actually because one. People are already thinking that it's her, so she needs to throw some names out, throwing names to a completely different direction. And now nobody's gonna think that you and Phaedra are working together. So I like I thought that, especially when you saw her go to the round tape, I mean the, the the tower later, and she's all happy. She probably thought she did something great. I thought she did something great. I'm like, this is a really good move from her because no one's thinking it's Phaedra, they just think it's a housewife. So she needs to look like she's not with them, but you know, we'll get to Phaedra a little bit later, but I don't know. I was with it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a good move, personally. I think the thing for me, and this is what I've been seeing around a lot, and I agree with the take, is that Dan and specifically Parvati have underestimated Phaedra because Phaedra's like, okay, you voted, you you murdered Ek and Sue, and that was a problem for me. And now, in the same day that Ek and Sue dies, you're bringing up the housewives, and that's putting a lot of heat on me. Phaedra Parks uh, specifically, and I see what you're doing. And I think they underestimated the fact that she would clock this move um, because up in the turret, I know we're not there yet. She doesn't only give it to Parvati, she's giving it to Dan too. And she's not a dumb person. Out of anybody in this house, Phaedra, she's very well educated. She's a lawyer. She also, like I've said many times, is a con woman by trade. Like she is a con woman. She knows when people are coming for her. She knows what to expect. Like I, I just don't feel like 
the gamers understand how savvy as a person Phaedra is. And I just think that they underestimated her a little bit. And I think Parv was trying to get a quick one over on her. As she said, I mean, she was like, you know, no one's ever going to vote Phaedra. Now maybe I'm going to put a little heat on Phaedra at the round table. Like we knew this was her plan. I think she didn't think Phaedra was going to realize it and that she could talk her way out of it and just say like, oh, we just had to break up the housewives. It wasn't about you. But Phaedra knows exactly what's happening here. Mm -hmm. And she's not going to stand for it. And she says it in the turret, too, a little bit later. She says it. I mean, obviously, we'll get there. But I don't think this was a good move for Parvati because now she's on Phaedra's radar. And maybe Phaedra doesn't have the numbers right now, but I don't think it's going to end well for Parvati here unless like something drastic happens. I, I don't think Dan is underestimating her at all because he thinks she can she's the front runner to win right now. I think the like I said, he literally setting poverty up to do his dirty work. Yeah. I think Dan knows good and well. Like he I don't think he's ever watched Housewives. I don't even think he knows who Phaedra is, but I think he sees that she's in like a perfect spot. So he's like, uh, oh, let's go send Parvati. I think to, like, socially he's you know not underestimating her. Yeah. But I think, you know, we in confessionals we've heard him say, like, housewives aren't used to this and blah blah. They don't back yeah. yeah, maybe they're used to backstabbing. But I just don't I don't think they realize how smart she is. Socially, very clear she's in a great spot mm-hmm. and they're not underestimating her there. I just think strategically they don't think that she is on their level. And maybe she's not. I mean, she doesn't play these games, but I just don't. Parvati, I think for sure, was probably like, oh, yeah, no, it's going to be deal, Phaedra. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not that's not what's happening for Parvati. Dan was smart to stay out of the fray with this one, I think, and not yeah. Pylon, though. I have two, two, two thoughts here. I, I, I think this was not a good move from Parv either. Yeah. Um, I think this move actually only benefits Dan. Yeah, I think this I puts a lot of heat on Phaedra and it puts a lot of heat on Parv. Um, and again, this is, this might be Dan, like you just, like Isaiah was saying, maybe he is trying to fall into the shadows and not say anything. So I think this game move benefits Dan the most. Um, and I also don't think, you know, I, am going to disagree with you, Isaiah, in the, where you were saying earlier that you think that, I I feel like you were trying to say that maybe Phaedra should have appreciated this move from part. No, no, not appreciate it. I said, I'm, I understand why she's mad. I was saying in hindsight for long-term, I can see why Parvati would think this is like a good move if it doesn't work oh, out. Okay. Um, but it. no, Phaedra has more than enough. I would be pissed off about Phaedra. I okay, get it. got it. Um, yeah. But Parv, I can see why she would also be okay with this. And I do see her trying to flip. I mean, well, you know, but I see her trying to flip this and be like, hey, look, no one's going to think we're working together. So like, mm-hmm. you know, de- plausible deniability at the got end it. of the day. Um, but no. Phaedra is more than valid to be irritated. Got it, got it. But but I but I don't think Parv is doing this to help Phaedra out. I actually no, think Parv is doing not. this. So I don't know. I just feel like I don't think it was a good move from Parv. And I'm glad that Phaedra um stood up for herself. And I'm excited to see what Phaedra does uh, moving forward, given that it seems like it might be like a Dan and Parv versus Phaedra situation. Yes. I'm excited too. I think um yeah, I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there when we talk about the turret. I lost my my thought here but um we do get to the vote larsa does go home all the gamers vote for larsa peter votes for mj and says you should have been murdered um (coughs) phaedra tamra and mj vote for kevin john votes for kevin sheree votes for john which makes no sense and larsa is the sole vote for CT. So this is what I mean when they say, oh, the housewives are together, the housewives are together. Clearly, there is no strategy here being discussed. They're the together votes are all now. over the they're together because they're not gonna vote for each other. They're but not they're they're not, a, they're not a numbers game where they all have the numbers to get someone out because they're not I, thinking. I think that the way. housewives 
are playing the game how honestly everyone should be playing, which is vote for who you think yeah. Yeah. is the traitor. And the game people are bringing in optics that yep. is not this voting block thing is not supposed to be here. So yeah, there, yeah. I think the housewives are smart. They're like, all right, we're going to keep each other safe. Let's but vote who you think is you know as long as it's not one of us. They're still together. They're not voting together, but they're still together. They're about to start voting together now. Watch it happen yeah. next next episode. But I still I do think that they're in lights. Like I, they they walk together. They talk together. Who else are they talking to? I don't yeah. see any housewives talking to anyone else. They're right. working together. Let's be honest. They're just not voting together. They're not you know. But they're about to watch. Yeah, you. I mean. I think what you guys were saying too earlier is like, clearly I agree with you, Isaiah, the voting block. If I'm Larsa and all these votes are coming against me, obviously there's discussion happening before the round table and you guys plan to vote me out. And it almost feels like they're not even trying to find a traitor. They're just trying to knock a number off the housewives. So I don't really love that here because it's like the goal is to get the traitors. We don't want to leave the traitors in all of the traitors in until the very end. And then you get them out at the end. Like, that's one, not fun for us to watch as viewers. And two, it's just like, that's a metagame I'm not here for. So that's why like, if Sandra does know that Parvati's a traitor, but is being protected by Parvati, if Janelle says she knows deep down that Dan is a traitor, but why would she vote for him? She's being protected. Yeah, you're not going to get murdered, but eventually you will because it's all going to come back to, oh, well, you know, Dan and Janelle play Big Brother together. And why is Janelle still here? She's so clearly a faithful. She should be out of here by now. If they're thinking the same way that other players of the traders have thought, we are seeing a different type of game with these players. I don't know. I don't love what I'm seeing from the voting situation here right now. What do you think, Javier? Yeah, I have a few thoughts about this vote. First of all, I want to say I am enjoying all the random votes, if that makes sense. Because, yeah. you know, I don't love the unanimous votes. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this season, every roundtable, multiple people are getting a few votes, and I'm really enjoying that. Secondly, I think Larsa going home was a terrible move from the Faithfuls. Yep. There was no way I would ever think Larsa's a traitor. Why would Larsa kill her husband? Right. Like, even if Larsa said, oh, I'm here, to, I'm in the beginning, like she gave us a confession or she said it to somebody that like me and my husband are going to play separate games. She still would never kill Marcus until she would necessarily have to. So come on, do not eliminate Larsa. This was just a terrible game move for all the Faithfuls. My, you know, like, I thought that was terrible on that side. And the last thing I want to say is, all the gamers voting together should be a bad move because this should get the housewives and everyone who's not in the gamer yeah. alliance to work together. Like that yeah. would be the smart thing to do if you're like Kevin, Peter, Bergy, John, the government dude. You know, you want to like see, okay, these guys are all working together. So if they want to play this game, we can play this game too. Like we have the numbers over the gamers. So this can really backfire on the gamers. I don't think it will because again, they, they're the gamers for a reason because they play these games in that mentality that stick together until we have to go against each other. And I don't see the others um, coming banding together. But on paper, I think this should be a bad gameplay, a bad game move from the gamers to all vote together and be seen as one unit. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that anyone felt like Larsa was a traitor, which obviously like if you're, if it's true that there's people in here who are like, ah, I know you're not a traitor, but bad move. Like, what are you doing? But ultimately, they think, well, at least someone thinks that there's a housewife traitor. None of the housewife have been voted out yet. MJ didn't go yet. It was like, all oh, right, this is weird. So I get it. I think that a vote against Larsa was more so to send a message more than anything. Because one, people found Larsa annoying. Yeah. Two, Larsa was 
having heavily influencing was heavily influencing a vast majority of the house. Mm-hmm. And when you cut off the head off the snake, the rest of the body is going to scramble. So that's the yep. second thing. But third, in, in poverty and Dan's mind, which you know they were targeting a housewife because they don't mm-hmm. want homegirl Phaedra to get too much traction. I'm not trying, but too much power, you know? Mm-hmm. So I get it. It's it's still a bit like, if it's true, that there's people who are like, eh, I know who the traitors are, but like, I'm not voting them out. Cause it, you're dumb. I don't know what you're doing, mm-hmm. but everyone else who isn't doing that, I get it. Is it the right move? No, they don't have enough information to figure out who a traitor is, but it's like, if at least one of the housewives is a traitor. This one is the one that's telling everyone what to do. I can't talk to anyone else because they're going to take it back to Larsa. Everyone's listening. To Get her out of here. She's mm-hmm. not working with me. Kevin, I don't even think Kevin wanted to vote Larsa. And then she started talking crazy. He was like, all right, I find you annoying. You got to go. Uh, Sandra's like, she's questioning Sandra. I find like she was just stepping on everyone's toes, calling Janelle annoying. She does too much. So I yeah. get it. You know. Probably don't also don't want to live with them. These are older people. They're petty. They don't want to live with annoying people. I get it. So you know, I feel it. But like, also bad move. If all these people, I'm not listening to any podcast. I wasn't going to, but I'm definitely not now because why are alumni? Why are the, yeah. the cast going on these podcasts? To do that? Well, I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of thoughts about this because there's way too much information out there. From don't spoil me, players. Don't I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay. And they didn't technically spoil anything but they're just sharing so much information that it's just like there should be some kind of a cap on this until after the season and then do a deep dive but you guys are saying too much um but we'll get we'll get to that and um really quick obviously phaedra's pissed about the heat after the round table larsa goes obviously she says you guys are off you're totally lost i'm faithful from day one um phaedra is pissed sheree is like maybe we gotta start looking at janelle CT and Trishel are outside by themselves talking about how, like, I don't think you're a traitor. I don't think you're a traitor either. They're both right. Um, but they think that the majority of the housewives now are traitors and that maybe it's not a competition person. Like, you guys are so off. Like, I don't know why they would put these heavy hitters of reality strategy competition shows on this show yep. to not make at least two of them traitors. It just doesn't make any sense. There could be four traitors and two of them could be traitors. Two of them could be not, you know, two of them could be reality competition. Two of them could be non-reality competition but like there's going to be two of these heavy hitters that are you guys need to like think about the way that television works you guys it's like i don't know i don't know why they're thinking about this um dan does say um that they need to be careful about drawing battle lines across shows because this is going to get ugly and i agree with him and i think it's probably too late now i think it's already turned ugly um because as we see in the traitor's turret um we get a confessional from parvati before we get in there saying it's possible it's an act that phaedra's mad um girl it's not an act she's pissed she's pissed um but you know she's like it would be great to be burn a traitor and no one suspects phaedra and i just think again like parvati one earlier dan said when the time is right i don't think the time was right today i really don't i think I think Parvati could have burned a Kevin vote here and been fine. I don't think she needed to do everything that she did and throw the heat. I think the Ekin thing could have been a little breadcrumb. And then maybe in a couple of days, in a couple of roundtables, then you could start putting heat. But you're just too obvious. You're too obvious about what you're doing here to Phaedra. So I obviously she's yeah. going to be pissed. Um, and she is pissed. She says, that wasn't cool. For you to go in there and try and throw me under the bus, 
When you do stuff like that, it brings attention to me. Oh, they work together. They're on a show. Are you kidding me? No one likes you, Parvati. Everyone says you're a fucking traitor. We can be in this game together, but you're going to play fair. And if you don't, you're going to have more problems than the faithfuls. I'm playing very fair with you. So don't do that to me. Both of you. And I was like, whoo. Mic drop. Mic drop. They were shook. They were both like. Dan was like, what happened? And I'm like, bro, you know what happened. Don't play. Yeah. And Phaedra knew you knew. So don't even act like you, you could get away with it and just throw poverty on the bus. She knew it was both of you. Don't fuck with me is what she said. And yeah. she's pissed. And I just, I'm ready. I'm ready to see what happens next week because I Phaedra is not going to take this lying down, obviously, as we see. I love that so much. Um, Phaedra did not stutter. I love when, a, nope. when someone does not stutter. They just say what they need to say. And honestly, my favorite part of that was the part that at the end where she also clocked Dan, just to Me let too. him know, like, don't you worry, the heat, I might be giving Parvati a lot of yeah. heat, but you're also on my radar. So don't act like I don't know that you're also trying to play me. So that, that was actually my favorite part, just to see Phaedra let both of them know that my eyes are on both of y'all. Like, stop trying to play with me in this game because I know what y'all trying to do. Yep. Um, and Phaedra just really ate. Like, do I think Phaedra's an outmaneuver Dan and Parv? Um, the gamers, unfortunately, might outplay her, but I'm excited to see her try. I'm very, very excited to see her try. I'm not underestimating Phaedra in any, in any way here. If she is right, if she's right and nobody likes poverty, I don't know. We're not seeing that nobody likes poverty, but if she's right and if everybody does think she's a traitor, Phaedra can go tomorrow and just say, you know what? I think something's up with poverty. She threw this on the housewives and she did this weird thing and she's always making these squinty faces and she looks crazy (laughs) and she's acting and blah, blah, blah. She can get votes on poverty. Why not? And you know what? Dan already said, maybe I could use poverty as bait. He's not above using Parvati as bait the same way he's not above using uh, Phaedra as bait because they could just recruit another person after they kill Parvati and whatever. They get a traitor, they'll calm the faithfuls down. It is what it is. So I'm not convinced that Parvati is not on the chopping block. Dan, we'll see. I mean, you know, there was heat on him. He seemed to come out unscathed this week. Like you said, Isaiah, we don't really know what's going to happen with Dan next. It could go anyway for Dan. Um, But I'm not counting Phaedra out. I'm not counting her out of this one. The other icon works with chaos. Dan does not care. He is going through Big Brother 10's entire cast and Big Brother 14's entire. Dan is a bit a part of some of the most chaotic seasons. Yeah, he's used to mess people yelling at everybody and people acting crazy. He he thrives in chaos because when everyone's looking at each other, he's chilling. She might have clocked him for a second. Shout out to Phaedra. I was all for it. I don't think it's going to mean much until she actually does something about it. That's how I feel. I think it's going to take Phaedra to become the new Larsa and get all the housewives together and be like, we're voting Dan. And that's how she's going to do it. Unless she's willing to take more of a pivotal leadership role, um, I don't know if this is going to work out for her. You know, like, um, I, Parvati damn well should be scared because half of the pa- I know what she said. I don't know about the everyone hates you thing, but I do believe that everyone thinks you're a traitor because have ma- like in real time. This is like what two days, one day. Yeah. Past, since everyone was saying that she was a traitor, so I believe it. I think there's a bunch of sus on Parvati for sure. Um, but yeah, Dan is fine. I think he's going to lose, but like I don't think that he's going to go just yet. 
I yeah. think that he is used to chaos. I don't know. I'm, I'm not too familiar with Parvati's seasons overall. I don't know how well she's with, with certain types of chaos. I know she's handled Russell's in the world, but I don't think she's used to stuff like this. Dan is used to ghetto-ness. Like, he's used yeah, to yeah. this ghetto. <laughs> but, <laughs> this is ghetto, okay? But like, he, he, he's dealt with his Libras. Like, I, I'm, I'm with it. I love it. I'm here for it. I'm 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 full Phaedra. It makes me want to watch Housewives. But I don't know if Parvati's ready for the smoke. Dan is ready for it. Parvati isn't going to sit and 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 just shut up for the whole day until someone else does something stupid. She's going to try to save herself. Yeah. I, I think Sandra is this close to getting out of here with Parv. I think mm. the challenge people are this close to jumping ship from the from the 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 strategy people. I think that. This is about to get really messy real quick. Yeah. And I think Phaedra is the only person with uh, a good amount of people willing to play ball with her. So um, I'm here for it. I'm ready for the war. This is about to be a civil war. And the game has turned to something that I did not see happen. The traders can't vote each other out, kill each other, and they have to get each other voted out without exposing yeah. who is a trade. What the hell are we about to watch here? Like This is some evolved version of the traders, and I'm just so excited. I'm so ready to watch the War of the Traitors. Um, mm -hmm. I'm rooting for Phaedra. I think, again, again. I'm, first of all, I'm always going to stick with my Bravo girls. They're my day ones. <laughs> I love them. I will root for them in anything over anybody. But I will also say I just feel like, you know, and I'm also rooting for Dan. I, I'm a Dan fan. I think Dan is great. I'm not as much rooting for Parv. Like, I, you know, I, I think she made a lot of missteps in this episode. And if this is her own downfall, it's her own undoing. I don't think she has the patience. I, Isaiah, I think you're right. I think Dan has the patience to sit back and let the dust settle around him. Parvati, I don't think has that same patience, which we saw. I think she did this way too early. Dan was like, yeah, okay, no. I mean, well, we should take the first shot when the time is right. And she just went and did it. Dan didn't jump in. He didn't support it. He went for Larsa because everybody else was going for Larsa and it was easy, but he wasn't leading the charge. And I think this is going to come back and bite Parv, especially if we think that Sandra knows Parvati's a traitor. Like, I think, and we talked about this last week, Javier, that like we're getting a lot of confessionals. Uh, we didn't get one this week, but we got him in the first three episodes of Sandra being like, I'm keeping my eye on Parvati. And the second yeah. that I think she's a traitor, I'm going to get these faithfuls. I'm going to vote her out. And if, San if Phaedra knows that Sandra, maybe she's going to drop some hints. I don't know. But I think we could see Sandra be the downfall of Parvati. Mm -hmm. Maybe. We'll see. Um, but this is where we end the episode. And I, don't, I know there is a preview out there, um, but I didn't see it for the upcoming episode. So I don't really know if there's anything revealed yet. Um, but that's one thing I didn't see. Um, I do know coming up next week, we will have Dr. Will. In what capacity, I don't think it's clear. Um, I think he's probably hosting a competition. I can't see him playing the game in any way. But we do know that Kate is returning to the game, Kate from last season, who's another Bravo girly, who Tamara said on her podcast, Kate is the only person who knew that Tamara was going on the show because I guess she reached out to her for advice. So um, Kate has experience. She's played the game before. Maybe she'll get the girls together. I don't really know. Um, but she joining the show? She's joining as a player. Really, you think? I thought they confirmed as a player. They possibly. said in the in the preview. I don't know if they confirmed. I think they did confirm that she's returning to the game as a player. Doesn't that make her an automatic faithful? Yeah, that's not fair. Does it? I don't know. That's weird. Maybe. I don't like that. 
I don't really love it either. Um, I don't know oh what God. the mechanics are going to look like, but I do believe that they did confirm that she is back as a player. That's weird. Yeah, yeah and I think that. even in the trailer for the season, it said like secret player on like the on the piece of paper that okay. they showed. Um, yeah, I don't love having a player come in mid game. We've seen it in UK season one that people have been eliminated before. They were on the cast. They were eliminated uh for just like some arbitrary reason they had to line up whatever um but then they did come back in the middle of the game and they joined the game um and it was ended up being fine like but this is a little different i feel like just the the vibe of this cast is different it's not all newbies um she also has played the game before she's the first ever returning player it's just a little strange so i don't really love it um but i'm always excited to see dr will so anything that dr will is on I hope he's on for more than 30 seconds. Um, he already said he's done with competitive reality television on Shanthar's podcast. But, but I'm happy that I, we at least get to see him. We're going to see Will and Dan interact on screen. Will and Will. Janelle Wait, after Will and their showman season seven. We get to yeah. see them interact. See him talk to Sandra. And it's going to be cool. Oh, I know. Cool Just adding another icon to the to the group. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's talk about some of the stuff that has gone on over the last you know week ish, four days since the episode has aired because it's been a lot. Janelle and Tamara. She went on Tamara's podcast. Um, they all make it seem they all, the two of them, make it seem that everybody knew Dan was a traitor. Tamara said in her podcast that they, she heard Alan lift his jacket near Dan the same way that Larsa heard him lift it near Parvati, which he didn't lift it near Parvati. We know that because Parvati was recruited. So I don't know how much stuff we could say in that. I don't know how much of it is them trying to save face because maybe Dan made them look stupid. So they're trying to do some, you know, uh, some you know uh save their reputation a little bit and get ahead of it but janelle says she knew dan from day one was a traitor she's like i lived with him for a month i played a game with him i knew immediately that he was a traitor she's being protected um and they did say that everybody was really suspicious about poverty specifically because of this mission um because of how she was acting and and overacting and just being so dramatic so whatever this means i don't know i feel like they're telling us too much here obviously they know now then they find out eventually that they're traitors so who knows but um if they're just like you know looking back on it and hindsight's 2020 but they just gave a lot of info here that i was really surprised by um did you guys see any clips from their podcast at all or hear anything these are like the two biggest these are the two biggest i would say don't listen um i don't think they're gonna spoil the winner or anything but people on the internet were really unhappy with them um and how much they share but they were like it was within network guidelines we cleared everything um you know so that's that we'll see what happens and see if they actually do anything with this information they supposedly have but um tamra also just, did ask janelle about dating dr will and she's like we didn't date it was just a show it was like a flirt man so we both wanted to get further in the shot which i thought was funny that she asked sorry go ahead javier yeah i was gonna say like I'm not going to listen to any of them and yeah. I hope they stop these type of podcasts where they say a little too much just cuz like if Dan does end up winning you're not to me you're not saving face if anything you're going to look even yeah. dumber like right. if Dan wins I'm actually going to think Janelle is literally the worst big brother player ever like Isaiah's trying to say that she's such a terrible social player yeah. I'm going to agree with Isaiah because yeah. come on I know so I just hope that they stop these type of podcasts and like share things that are not going to like you know trying to give up things in right. the game um, right also so. if that's really what your plan was why would you say that just just keep it to yourself bro like i know i know it's a little weird 
it's a little weird. Um, we heard on the postmortem, Peacock has like an after show. It's kind of lame. It's not really worth watching, but I did watch it today um, just to see if they gave me anything interesting. And Phaedra did say Larsa had suspicion against Parvati from the beginning, um, which I thought was interesting, which we kind of saw. Um, and this is where she confirmed she's never met Larsa before coming on the show, even though they're on the same network. Um, and Larsa did say all of her decision making was impulsive and that the housewives were not grouped together, <laughs> this, uh, which was clear because of what we saw. Yeah. Um, we also had Larsa saying that Janelle is boring and doesn't make interesting TV. I don't know if you guys saw this. It's on. There's a, a tweet floating around that Janelle retweeted where Larsa was like, oh, she just came for me because she's boring and she makes bad TV and she's jealous that I make good TV or something like that. And a lot of the big brother girls like Taylor retweeted it and was like, have to laugh. Rachel Riley got in on it. So there's some drama. The reunion's going to be fun. Let's just say that because they're already sparring on social media. Plus Dan, I plus Johnny Bananas and everything that he said about Dan up until this point, um, of course, is going to play out in the reunion. Uh, I did see Benjamin in the chat said that Sandra admitted on Johnny Fairplay's podcast today, which I didn't see or listen to, that they were sure Larsa wasn't a traitor, but saw her as a housewives leader. And that's why they voted her out. So there's a lot going on. Um, Isaiah, I know you had a clip from Johnny Bananas podcast. Um, I don't know if you have that to share or I don't have a clip. I just took a screenshot. Um, let's see. They were making fun of Parvati's face on this oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, I did. that I saw. They had a clip uh, making fun of Parvati's she face. She did do that a lot. A lot. A lot. A lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. We did get Phaedra also on Watch What Happens Live saying that she bonded the most with, uh, with T, uh, CT in the house. And she said he was her castle daddy, which I loved. And I have to agree. He is the <laughs> castle daddy, obviously. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did you guys see any other interesting conversation? I mean, I know we're kind of like racing through it but i do think you know the if sandra and janelle really truly know who the traders are and are not voting them out just because of protection i really feel like they're gonna have to do something and change something with the game because the mechanics of the game then are broken in my mind where you're gaming the system because if you're making besties with the traders which we talked about this a little bit with canada but that was almost a more organic way to go about it where we thought you know javier Gerlin was getting it with kevin and that's a good idea because he's she's staying mm -hmm. with the gamers and then she's in with koozie this to me is too metagame where it's like oh i know dan because i lived with him for a month and i know he's gonna protect me because he knows me and he could trust me so he's not gonna vote me out so i'm just not ever gonna say his name that to me breaks the game and i i it's not something that i'm interested in watching at the end of the day because then it's like okay well you know you're these people are never going to go vote these people. So what's the point? I feel that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's just something hard to like control in the game, if that makes sense. Because, yeah, like you said, like, I feel like in um, Canada, we talked that that would be really good gameplay to stick with the traders yeah. um, until you need to vote them out. Um, but I don't, I don't know. It's I agree with you. It's a little different in this situation just because. These people have history. Yeah. Um, but then in season one, we saw like Stephanie would never vote out Sari, but but we like I, I feel like that was like good for the people who like Sari. So right. I, I don't know what the best way to handle the situation is, if that makes sense. You know, like I don't know if it's good or bad. I feel like it can be considered good gameplay, but also I do agree with you in the sense that it can cause a precedent for future seasons to not be as exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I don't know what the but the best way to handle this is pretty much what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think this is just the risk you run, I guess, of bringing in people with pre-existing relationships, right? With any reality show, 
even on the challenge, like we see the vacation Alliance, we see all these alliances because these same people play every season over and over again, and they're going to work together every time. It just kind of becomes boring to watch after a while. That is what I just get worried about when we have this all reality cast or partial reality cast. I saw there was like a vulture article this week saying that like the civilians, we got robbed of a civilians versus, uh, or fans versus. We didn't get robbed of it. No, we did not. Nobody wants that because it's, it just puts the civilians or the non-reality stars at an immediate disadvantage from screen time, from strategy. They don't have existing relationships. They've never played these games before. It's just, that is not a good situation. But when you have a cast full of strangers, then these things tend to happen more organically where none of these people are strangers. They all know each other in some way. At least some of them do. So I just, I don't know. I'm excited about this cast. It's been fun to watch, but if it impacts the game overall, I, then I have to say, I still lean toward an all civilians cast because then we actually get to see the game play out in the way that it's intended. I'm here for the drama, so I'm okay with everything we got right now. Yeah, or maybe it's just that like the U.S. is a different show than the rest yeah, of the it's traders. Just like it's, it's just a different time. version of a game where every other, you know, you. I think uh, U.K. is the only all civilians. Australia had a few. Maybe New Zealand is too. I don't. Really, I didn't. That's the only one I didn't watch. But Australia had a few reality people. We had a survivor. We had some from Below Deck. But they that was a mess. Um, Canada, we had a couple. So like, you know, but it just didn't have such an impact because I just feel like the U.S. reality stars are it's just like a different playing field. Reality TV is so much bigger, I guess, in the U.S. I don't know, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah. Any final thoughts on The Traitors episode four? No, I kind of wish that they dropped more. Next season, don't do like one episode a week. Like, just give us three sets first half second half finale yeah yeah same um yeah but i I left this episode wanting more and i was almost like damn maybe i do miss the all episode drops which i don't but in that moment i felt that way for a few for a few minutes um but yeah i agree we need a different drop cycle than one episode i just feel like if there is a bad episode at any point this season the fall off could be very hard and they just yep. need to have exciting weeks every week. And I just don't know if we're going to get this level of entertainment every single week. Even last season, there was some episodes. Where I'm just like, all right, yeah. like what are we doing here? You know? Yeah. So um, this, uh, listen, this better be a good season. Peacock, you're playing with fire here. Yeah, it's actually so 10.04 p.m. Eastern time, and it's airing on NBC. NBC, not Bravo. NBC right now. Oh, live? So they made it to you? NBC. Episode one, I think, is Aaron. Why am I here? Well, you saw it already. Um, But yeah, so I mean, that's big for them. So, you know, we already know it was renewed. So Um, what the UK does, I'll say it again. We said it last week. They do three episodes a week. It's perfect. They do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, one episode each day. So you watch it. You want more, but you get more the next day. Not a ton of spoilers out there. It's just like the best format, I think, in my opinion. So Peacock, three episodes a week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Do it next. Mm -hmm. Do it next time. Do it. Thing. Okay. Good I job. know, but people are savage on Twitter, you know. Um, all right. Isaiah. I know Isaiah doesn't even use a hashtag. He doesn't even I, use the hashtag. I posted one post without the hashtag. I know. And Javier post. called you on it. I saw. I that. did. I, <laughs> I didn't even say anything. He actually didn't say anything bad, but just every post I had hashtag Traders US. It was just, one post. I just had to say something because knowing Isaiah, whatever he says about Dan, I'm gonna take it as a positive. So yeah. if you say anything too positive, I'm like, oh, shit, Dan's doing amazing. You take it. You you whatever you see, think, believe it. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, if that's all for this week, if no one in the chat has any last minute questions they want to throw in there, we'll start wrapping it up. Um, Isaiah, what are you up to these days? Nothing. And I'm going to keep it that way. But uh, <laughs> you can follow me at 8BallBangers. Um, I'm chilling until Big Brother comes out. I got a lot going on at IRL. Um, I'm planning a wedding. But you'll yeah. see me every now and then uh, doing Big Brother streams and all that fun stuff uh, with Lavina. So keep a lookout for that. Amazing. Congratulations, Isaiah. I'm waiting for Thanks. my invite. Javier, <laughs> where can everybody find you? Uh, everyone, you can find me at underscore the starboard on Twitter, tweeting all my thoughts. Um, you can find me here every week, um, pretty much covering the traders. We're going to have exciting guests just like Isaiah every week. Um, so catch us again next week. What about you, Katie? Yes. You can find me on Twitter at RealSimKatie. You can also follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash RealSimKatie with an underscore. I know a lot of our viewers today actually I'm streaming this podcast there. We're doing a little bit of cross stream. So a few of our viewers came from there. So hi, guys. And thank you for the support. Feel free to drop a follow. It's free. Um, and if you're not already following. And that's it. Traders. That's what we got going on over here. I have it. It's a lull period for me, too, until, you know, Big Brother comes back and Whatever other crazy shows are going to start that I'm going to say I want to podcast about. But, you know, Bravo's on. When are we playing Minecraft on Twitch? I don't know. You got to set it up and I'll just do it. I'm trying to play Minecraft. All right. Well, talk to me. We'll figure it out. Me and Katie are going to play play Minecraft on Twitch. All right. We're going to learn. We're here first. There you go. All right. We'll learn. Um, So tune in for that. Drop the follow if you want to watch Isaiah and I play Minecraft. Sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for Silent Podcast, if you would like to continue to support us, um, take a look if you're watching us on video at the screen. You can follow us on Twitter at Silent underscore podcast to keep up with everything we're up to. Um, You can also follow us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitch. Just search Silent Podcast on either one of those places. We stream a lot of our stuff live. Um, Rate us, like us, leave us five stars. Five stars really helps us get discovered. You can also listen to us on audio platforms everywhere. We actually have a lot of really great audio only coverage. I saw a comment on our YouTube page for asking for UK uh, traders coverage, which we have hosted by Sarah Carradine. It's called From the Fringe, but it is an audio only podcast. It is not being streamed on video. So definitely make sure you subscribe to us on all your podcast feeds as well, because you don't want to miss anything that we're doing. Um, So thank you guys for being here. And until next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.